This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Cleary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Good afternoon, happy Tuesday. This is the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Sainerton and Enrique Alvarez-Clary with you. Rico, hello. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. Went Anything to some gymnastics yesterday. That's right. I saw you took Ellie. Yes. How'd she like it? She loved it. We didn't stay that long because we were sitting there. It was honestly after the first rotation. So after... Um, oh, see, I don't remember what they're called. After, I, after they got done with their first events... Um, was it beam? No, they weren't on beam. Nebraska wasn't on beam first. Okay. I was on the uneven bars. Nebraska yeah. was on the uh, uh, where they because run down and then they jump over the thing. When because when I when I when I, when I when I talked to or not when I talked when I went on uh, BTN to watch it mm-hmm. last night at eight p.m. I uh, they were on beam at the time, but it was pretty close. After, yeah, I think that might have been. I don't know what they, they went started, on second, but. Um, no, so we left after the By first. The we left after the first rotation because uh, Ellie vault. turned it vault. Thank you, thank you, Mark. Because uh, Ellie turned to me and she goes, "I'm tired." And I was like, "Okay." Oh. I was like, "Oh, okay." I mean, it was super late. Like yeah. normally, she's getting ready for bed around that time. Um, so it was just a special treat for her, and she got tired. So we went. We ended up going home, and um. She passed out like pretty shortly after mm-hmm. we got home. So was KJ was asleep? Fun. KJ was asleep by the Good. time I got home. But it was fun. She Rachel. really enjoyed it. She got some pom poms. We got another poster to hang up in her room. Perfect. So it, it's great. She was asking about gymnastics again. We saw the little kids in yeah. the uh, gymnastics practice area. They were doing their thing, and she turns to me and she goes, "Can I do that?" And I was like, "Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Don't know yet. <laughs> a lot of money. We'll see. We'll see what happens." Um, no, I mean that's awesome. Four zero two four six four five six eight five. Uh, Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Heyman text line, both those open for you guys the entire show today. Um, plenty of stuff to get to. Once again, just to kind of plug and, and let you know what's going on, at least on our show the rest of the week, we'll have Nate Rohr, the voice of Husker softball, on the show tomorrow at 1.30. Then Thursday, uh, Husker pitcher Kyle Perry. Now, K- KP's used to being in a starting role this year, a little bit different, and so we'll talk to him about that on uh, on Thursday, and then we'll talk more Husker baseball um, with Evan Bland of the Omaha World Herald on Friday. So we'll, we'll talk ask to Kyle Perry about his Jimmy John surgery. That's right. He's had two, two Jimmy Johns, two Jimmy Johns, great sandwiches. <laughs> but no, no. In all in all seriousness, two two Tommy John surgeries, and, and you always you're always curious how somebody bounces back from one. But now Kate, uh, Kyle's in kind of a, a a peculiar and and unique unique spot with uh, having two. Tommy John surgeries, and so we'll talk to him about the team, and and if you missed any of uh, DP and, and Jay's conversation with Lance Harvell yesterday, uh, I know they they uh, filled in some of the the questions and answered some of the questions uh, that that Husker fans might have about the upcoming season in terms of you know starting rotation. So make sure you head back to the uh, podcast page of the Ticket FM for for all that uh, that information. Okay, so let's let's go ahead and start here because this is an interesting topic that. Rico, when I, I I caught myself kind of laughing out loud a little bit when I when I read this, 
Scott Same. Doctorman, who covers Iowa football for The Athletic, tweeted out yesterday at 3.25 p.m. Iowa announces amendments to Brian Ferentz's appointment. Brian Ferentz, the offensive coordinator, obviously. Mm-hmm. His salary of eight hundred and fifty grand will be down from, or excuse me, he he was getting paid nine hundred grand in twenty twenty two. So now this season takes a fifty thousand dollar pay cut. Now here's what's more: you imagine taking a fifty thousand dollar yeah. pay cut and still making that much money. Still making that much money. <laughs> now what's more interesting for for Brian Ferentz? Designated performance objectives for this upcoming season in 2023 include an average of at least 25 points per game and a minimum of seven wins. Now, there's a lot of avenues that we can go down to have a conversation off of this. But for, for an easy comparison for Nebraska fans listening... It's like what Trev Alberts and, and Scott, I mean, we had to kind of go through with Scott Frost prior to the 2022 season. Mm-hmm. When Trev Alberts said on, on, on one of his shows that, hey, Scott and I have had conversations, we've mutually agreed upon metrics, we have those in place, we're ready to go. These are basically mutually agreed upon metrics, except these have now been released publicly. And you'll remember that prior to the year, prior to Scott Frost getting fired as well, we didn't know what they were. We speculated, oh, it's probably six wins, it's probably this, how you know, all these minor details. That's all in the past. Now, looking forward with Iowa, there's, I mean, think about it this way. It's going to be funny, and I think a lot of people, just to make this whole Iowa situation even more hilarious, is it'd be great if we found ourselves at the end of the year and Iowa achieves eight wins, but only averages 22 points per game on offense. Which is what Nebraska averaged last year. Really? Mm-hmm. It was like 22? 20, it was like 22-7. So, because then it's like, that. that's where, I remember having these conversations on the air when, when Trev Alberts announced that there was mutually agreed upon metrics. Mm-hmm. was like, do you decide to release these? Because then now everybody knows the details. Everybody knows that, oh, if Scott Frost doesn't win six games, what if he wins five games, but he looks good and that, that one loss came to a top five team? Mm-hmm. And what then if, you're not talking about exactly. your, your mutually agreed upon metrics because it's just like you, you, then you're never, you don't really have to release them ever because you, know, you don't want to. If he wins five games and, and they look pretty good in a couple of those games, you're That's just like, I'm you know saying. what? Maybe this could work. You keep those metrics a secret. But now Iowa, they're like, screw it. Hey everybody! Yep. This is what has to happen now. Now they could have they could have taken the road of uh, basically how Nebraska did. And other programs obviously agree on on details every year, and there's you know obviously agreed. I, I hate using the agreed upon metrics, but that's kind of the only, only terminology I could think of. Mm-hmm. But it's it's basically ties the hands of Iowa's athletic department and Gary Barter, the athletic director, because once again, if if Iowa were to, was to find themselves in a situation. I mean, just even at the top end of the spectrum, if, if they're Big Ten West champions, but only averaging 24 points per game, which we wouldn't be surprised with because the Big Ten West is probably going to be down a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if they're able to beat either Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska, whatever it is, a two of three of those teams, they could find themselves with a strong defense averaging 24 points, but you won nine games. Crap, Brian Ferentz didn't meet his mutually and now publicly known mm-hmm. metrics 
and that's for where the you, season you to you keep kinda, his job for 2024. But that's where you kind of run into some issues because if that happens, if they win the Big Ten West title and they're in the Big Ten championship game yeah. and they're only averaging 22 points a game, let's just put it at 22. They're averaging 22 points a game, but they win nine games and they're in the Big Ten championship game. Do you still? I understand that you put these metrics out there saying that this is what he has to do to keep his job, but do you still fire him? I understand he's in charge of the offense. Yeah. The offense has to score it's more insane. points. But obviously the offense did, and we kind of discussed this in the break, the offense did enough for you to win those games, mm-hmm. but also it could be looked at as the defense won you those games and the offense didn't get in the way. So it's one of those things where, yeah, sure, you put these out there so everybody knows, but then you're going to put yourself in a bind if you if you reach one of those metrics but not the other. And really the mm-hmm. only bind you could find yourself in is if you reach the win total and you surpass that but your offense doesn't yeah. perform at the level of 25 points per game. If your offense is scoring 28 and you only win five games, I, I don't that's, – that's a weird one because his offense did a good job. His offense sur- surpassed yeah. what you thought or what you set as a metric for him to reach, but the team let you down in only winning five games. So does he get fired for the, for the, for the uh, lackluster team? Or does he just get fired for a lackluster offense? What? That's the only issue I see with publicizing the the metrics that you and and your offensive coordinator uh, agree on. Whereas if you keep it a secret, you know maybe at the end of the season you keep one of those back, you throw mm-hmm. the other one out there, the one that you didn't reach, and it's like this is what we agreed upon. You didn't reach it, you're gone. And then you keep this keep it a secret that you know they they had to win six games, they won more. But the offense wasn't that good, so we're just gonna we're just gonna keep that one to ourselves. So somebody asked, you know, does it say you're you're fired if um, a name texter said asked, does it say you're fired if you don't reach the goals? Brian Ferentz's contract is up at the end of the season, so it will not be it's, renewed. It's basically not fired, but it wouldn't be renewed. Um, the official announcement from the uh, the Gary Barta, um, the athletic director Gary Barta for Iowa said. University of Iowa offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach Brian Ferentz has signed an amended contract for the 2023 season. Um, the contract amendments include a salary of 850 grand effective February 1st, 2023, and the de- designated performance objectives for the 2023 season include an average of at least 25 points per game and a minimum of seven wins, including regular season and a possible bowl game. Um, if they to average, to hold sorry, on, see, that's sorry, okay. Yeah. To put things into context and perspective, eighty-five Division One football teams scored at least tw- or averaged at least twenty-five points per game last season. Um, he lost Brian Ferentz's original contract, went through the twenty twenty-four season, but with this amendment, he it now goes just through the twenty twenty-three season. Mm. If he makes it past 2023 he will get a new two-year contract that will go through 2025 and also a raise so um now now here's what's crazy the they also released the bonus that he'll get if he reaches these designated performance objectives is it just the rest of his salary if iowa averages 25 points per game and goes for example seven and six he will get Brian Ferentz will get a one hundred and twelve thousand five hundred dollar bonus. So a little bit more than his initial salary or original salary. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's it's kind of interesting. 
So this yeah, is, to answer your question, he would he just would not get his contract yeah. extended. Which then, I mean, like Austin and I were talking about it. What does that do to Iowa? Because it's like I, I remember when I was when I used to board up for DP show, he would have this song, the, the Family Affair, mm-hmm. and I, I don't remember what it's from, but I remember how that song goes in my head, and that's all I can think of when I hear Iowa football, because you have Kirk and Brian, such a family environment, and you wonder what's going to happen if. I mean, if Kirk Ferentz were to leave while Brian was still there, he Brian Ferentz is not there anymore. Brian's not coming back. Brian Ferentz, if Brian Ferentz leaves, what does that do with Kirk Ferentz? Kirk's still there. Kirk's not leaving. I'm not. I, I'm not saying he leaves for a new job. Does he retire? Does he just no, say? What, he's no, over? I'm not saying like for a new job. He's not leaving. He, he'll leave when he's he's ready to leave. And just because his Brian, you know, maybe he's just like, look, son, you should have done better. But at the same time, he's not he's yeah. not making any staff changes or really holding him accountable. That's now what this I'm is saying. the AD holding it's, him accountable. So, I mean, like it's obvious no and it's the reason I weird. say that, the reason I say that or even bring up that thought is because at at some point Kirk is going to either have to make a decision. I mean, he's had to make decisions mm-hmm. over the last couple of years when Iowa's offense has been terrible awful that whether or not to fire his son or find him a new job mm-hmm. right because there was there was rumblings and rumors of him potentially going back to the nfl after this last season as, a, as an assistant get promoted yeah i suppose so <laughs> but and that it was it wouldn't be like a fire it'd be hey brian ferentz leaves for a it'd job be a with nick the saban it's whatever bingo it'd be a nick saban firing exactly as you, as you so eloquently put it yeah so I, I just find it fascinating. The, the more the more interesting part for me is that they released the metrics because the it, it really yeah because it, not not that there's like goals or incentives because there needs to be for every contract and there is for mm-hmm. every contract with every coach. But it's actually but, putting it out. But there. to put it out there is a bold move. And somebody said on the text line, I can't remember Thomas and Lincoln. I think Iowa wants him fired, and that's why they released the metrics. That's my guess. Th- there could be that could be, but I it it hand, it ties your hands really tight at the end of the season and all eyes are then on Gary Barda plus that's a conversation throughout the entire year that's an awkward conversation and that's so I have two things first if they average exactly 25 uh that is what Arkansas State averaged last year yep right above them I'll name the three teams above them Rice Southern Miss New Mexico State Rice that that would be averaging twenty five points a game. Again, Nebraska averaged twenty two seven, so they're not in the top uh, hundred. They're like one hundred and two or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and secondly, with these metrics released and all of this, as an Iowa fan, and I asked this in the water cooler, I'll ask it again. If you know any Iowa football fans, ask them: Are you rooting for like just one bad year for Iowa football? Like you, you don't reach the seven wins and you don't average twenty five just so you can get rid of Brian Ferentz, or are you averaging, or are you asking for you know a, a good year or a, you know an average year for Iowa where you're winning you know seven eight games, um, but maybe your offense is still terrible. Like that's that's a weird situation to put your fan base in because obviously you want your team to be successful, but they have just been tired of Brian Ferentz for so long, and they've been stuck with Brian Ferentz for so long as their offensive coordinator, where what's one bad season if we're we're rid of this and maybe we get somebody who's actually competent at their job? Mm. So here's what's crazy. Now, obviously, there was fewer games. Um, Iowa, so I'm looking through college football stats right now, the averages, the, the scoring offense. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. For the last couple of years, 
So Iowa averaged. What did they average last year? You said Rico. Um, I gotta find it again. It was very bad. It was I like agree. it was. It was twenty. It was low twenties. Correct. Yeah, I have to go back. Give me a second. Iowa. Here we go. Oh, just kidding. Iowa averaged seventeen point seven yes, points per game. Seventeen point seven. Last season, right above Rutgers. Last season, two seasons ago, rather, mm-hmm. Iowa was 99th in the country with 23.4 points per game. 2020 was the COVID year. They actually averaged. What was last year's? 23. Point what? 23.4. That would have put them at 100th mm-hmm. this last year. And they were 99th yeah. in that year. 2020, they were actually in the top 75, but remember, they had only six games that year. Mm-hmm. What they average? Uh, like 29.3. Oh, okay. Actually, and then, I actually have to go up here. Yeah, yeah, go up a little oh, bit. Oh, they're in the top 60. Yeah. Last year. And 59th. let's see. At least according to, once again, college football stats, in 2019, they were outside. They were worse than 130th. Mm. So that's what's interesting here. Now, there's there's more variables involved as well. What does it look like with Cade McNamara? That is, it, what, that like, is, yeah. Like Cade McNamara said something along the lines of like, I always find it funny when people make fun of our offense and think we're a boring offense because that's not what it's going to be like. Well, it wasn't your offense. It so wasn't your was, offense. Yeah, that was the offense before. So I, I Nobody's don't know. making fun does, of does your Cade, offense. Does Cade McNamara instantly make this offense? And Eric All? Yeah. That's right, from Michigan as well mm-hmm. to a, another tight end. So I don't know. We'll find out. But I, I thought it was very interesting that that Iowa decided to release the metrics. I kind of wanted to talk about that because Husker fans are, are familiar with with a situation similar to that. I mean, although it was with the head coach rather than the offense coordinator. Let's take a timeout. When we come back, I, I, this was an article I wanted to get to yesterday. Jaden Rashada. So it, the Athletic wrote an article uh, saying, and this was the headline. How a four-star quarterback went from a $13.85 million NIL deal to no NIL deal. We'll talk about that next coming up on the Happy Hour. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.